you gonna do better run for shelter because it's all about the you all right welcome back to another installment of the wide ride podcast i'm Miami hurricanes beat writer manny navarro of the athletic it's wednesday it's a little after 10 a.m december 7th uh we've been 48 hours into the transfer portal window actually more than 48 hours uh, and so far at the University of Miami, we've seen 14 players enter their name. Most of them, I would say, are guys that weren't necessarily heavily, heavy rotation players. Uh, the one big name is uh, Daryl Jackson, who was a 12-game starter for the Hurricanes, a defensive tackle, reportedly entering the portal. He wants to go back home. I think his mother is ill. And, uh, you know, he's from the uh, Quincy area of Florida, which means he'll be likely going to Florida State, uh, where his former high school coach is uh, is there on staff as uh, one of the people uh, off the field, not on not in a coaching capacity. But uh, either way, that was really the big loss for Miami so far. Um, There could potentially be more here because essentially what we've entered here is free agency in college football. And I wanted to bring on somebody who I know is well tapped into uh, player personnel and talking to a lot of uh, his former seven on seven guys and different people in the business. That's our uh, recruiting slash transfer portal insider, Andrew Ferrelli. Andrew, thanks for joining me and coming on to talk about what's been essentially a wild 48 hours, but many more hours of wildness expected here in the weeks ahead. Uh, before you start talking about all this with me, I wanted people to know you've you've kind of switched affiliations. You were with the South Florida Express for many years, but now you're with a new team. Why don't you tell us about them? Yeah, so we're we're starting up uh, Ross seven on seven uh, this year. It's uh, me, Jose Duasso, um, Joel Shapiro, uh, Elijah King. Uh, a lot of us have all been involved with with former seven on seven teams, um, like the Immortals, South Florida Express, um, and we decided we wanted to to come together and kind of start something new. Um, really build something from the ground up and and do something that no one in the seven on seven industry has really done yet. Um, just as far as getting uh, nonprofits involved, local gyms involved, um, just bringing a lot of people to help these kids on and off the field uh, and just making it kind of a, a full encompassing uh, experience for all of them, not just kind of flying these kids out for a tournament here and there, seeing them for a weekend. Um, we wanted to, to just do a lot to, to help these players on and off the field um, and and really build a, a full organization centered around seven on seven, um, but just uh, something that helps these athletes completely on and off the field, whether it's financial literacy, training, um, everything like that. Just uh, so we've got a lot of things coming. I can't get too much into it, um, but it should be exciting. We've got a, a lot of top players coming in. We've got a couple of guys that are number one, number two in their position across the country over the, the next two classes. Um, so we're going to have a very talented team and, and, uh, it's going to be exciting to see some of the things we're doing, uh, both on the seven on seven field and then just in the, uh, you know, the community and in the football world as well. Yeah. I really enjoyed covering the seven on seven circuit this year. The athletic, uh, allowed me to, to go along with the South Florida express out to, to California. Uh, and then of course out to Las Vegas for the national tournament over the summer when it was hot as hell. Uh, but uh, still a lot of fun. Um, you know, you and I got to hang out quite a bit uh, at both of those functions and, and just talk ball and, and get to know some of these kids. And uh, you're around this so much that you, you're such a valuable voice. I feel like you, you're really well plugged in. Uh, and, you know, you, I know you spent time talking to guys on the inside. Uh, I wanted to just discuss kind of the big picture with Miami, because right now uh, they're sitting eighth in the 247 sports composite rankings in terms of recruiting and they you know this is going to be an elite recruiting class for Miami there's no question about that they've got 22 commitments the two recent 
uh, additions are three-star guys on the defensive side of the ball. One is a linebacker uh, out of uh, Tyrone, uh, Georgia. Another is a three-star defensive lineman who's huge, 6'5", 290, uh, out of Fairborn, Georgia. He plays at Langston Hughes High School. Can you talk to us first about the two new additions and, and uh, what you know about them? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think one of the things we're seeing Mario prioritized in this class um, is just size and speed. Um, he doesn't want, you know, 5'10", 240-pound linebackers that are struggling to cover space. He doesn't want, you know, undersized defensive linemen. He he wants a big, fast, physical football team. And and both of these guys fit that billing. Um, obviously, with Marcellius Pulliam, he's 6'3", 220, can, can cover ground. Um, a linebacker that's a big hitter, sideline to sideline. Uh, and and kind of fits the the bill of all the other linebackers that they've taken so far. Uh, every every single one of them has been that six two six three two fifteen two twenty five range. Uh, guys that are, are lengthy can cover can cover space. Um, and just it's something Miami hasn't had really in that linebacker room outside of Wesley Besaint uh, over the last couple of years. It's been a lot of you know shorter stockier linebackers, and uh, I think that's why Miami struggled so much. Whether it's you know covering quick running back, slot receivers, stuff like that. They just haven't had that length and that speed at the linebacker position. Uh, and I think that's something they're trying to to really switch up this year. Uh, and then same thing on the defensive line. My, Miami just wants big guys. And, and Joshua Horton uh, out of Langston Hughes, he's a kid that's 6'4", 6'5", 300 pounds already. Um, really good first step, physical, uh, and, and just continues to fit that bill of, of just wanting to build a, a big, fast, physical team. I like super talented guys. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I won't happily take an elite five-star or a top 100 ranked player. But Andrew, as long as you and I have been around this, this game and we've been around it a long time, I do feel like there are times where kids are ranked very high and it gets to their head. I like that he's taking a few three-star guys that are hungry, that don't necessarily get the respect, but have the big body, have the speed. Agree or disagree with me that every now and then you need to get a few of those guys. Oh, definitely. And, and I think, uh, especially when it comes to some of those three-star guys, um, if they're putting up insane production, especially against pretty good competition, um, which both of these players are, I know Joshua Horton has had an incredible year. He's got over a hundred tackles, 14 tackles for loss coming from a, you know, a big body defensive tackle in, in the state of Georgia. Um, so I think that that size, that speed and in that production, um, I think it's definitely worth taking a flyer on some of those three-star guys that, that have that, you know, motivation, that, that chip on their shoulder and, and have the, the skill set and the size to really be coached up. Um, the needs on defense are plentiful because the majority of the guys who have entered the portal here, and we've already mentioned Daryl Jackson, um, but there's been some others on the defensive line who have also decided uh, to enter uh, the transfer portal. Um, yesterday, Jordan Miller, who's a grad, uh, played a lot here, actually, as a rotational player, Jordan Miller, for, for the last four years. He entered his name into the transfer portal. Um, you know, you, you, you've got other guys, Antonio Moultrie, um, Alan Hay. Alan Hay was a, a second-year recruit. So the defensive tackle position is sort of taken a hit, and right now the only D-tackle that they have in there is Joshua Horton. Now they've added other guys too. They've got Collins Achimpong, who's a big-bodied 6'7". Reminds me probably of Gregory Rousseau with how big his body is. Uh, over 250-something pounds. He's a four-star out of California, former Michigan guy. Um, but the reality is they need some beef. They need some 300 pounders on that defensive line. Um, what are you hearing on that front? Because they've lost some key guys there. Uh, I think it's an area that they're really going to try to attack in the portal. Um, try to get some guys that can be immediate impact. Um, there's uh, 
not too many defensive linemen that are in the portal uh, that they're, they've offered yet. I know um, Tunmi Zadelier from AM. He was a right. top 40 recruit. Uh, if he wasn't a five star, just 2021, yeah. um, leaving Texas AM. He's a, he's a big kid, 6'4, 295. Um, I know they've offered him, really want him. Um, but then there's there's a couple kids that I think they're hoping jump in the portal over these next couple of days. Um, obviously, Shamar Stewart's been a name that's been thrown around for a long time if he were to hit the portal. Um, I think there's there's some um, just around South Florida that think he he hops in the portal and, and Miami could be a very likely landing spot for him. Um, I've heard that Kalaja Kansi, the, the pit defensive lineman, um, he was the ACC defensive player of the year. He's sitting out the bowl game. It seems like he's kind of deciding whether he wants to go to the NFL or hop in the portal. Um, I think if he does decide to, to jump in the portal, he's someone that played down here at Miami Northwestern High School. Um, he would be a, a big addition that they could could bring in. And then I've also heard um, Evan Anderson from FAU is, is someone that's that's been weighing some portal options and stuff, trying to see if he can get up to that Power 5 level. Um, he's a big kid. He, he's about 6'4", 340. Um, it would be a really big body to put in the middle. Um, so we'll see. I know uh, those those are kind of three or four of the main guys that they're hoping jump in the portal over these next few days. Uh, and I think if, if any of them do, Miami would have a, a pretty good shot at bringing them down and having them make an instant impact in the, in the middle of that defensive line. What's the best way to describe it? Because you, you, you kind of painted a picture of, of what college football is, right? Guys debating whether or not to enter the portal. People don't realize that's really what this is, that it's a lot of quote-unquote NIL agents uh, talking to schools behind the scenes, representatives, because the players who aren't in the portal, if they happen to have conversations with, with school leaders, I mean, that's tampering. So you can get yourself mm-hmm. in big trouble for that. So really what a lot of this is is um, – players both at Miami and not at Miami, uh, having their representatives reach out to schools, reach out to NIL collectives and figure out what is the best uh, measure for them going forward. And 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 I think, you know, the one thing people don't realize, this is going to be 45 days of this, because I know there's a lot of fans who are like, man, why hasn't Miami gotten anybody yet? I'm like, you do realize that there are a lot of players in college football who want to get paid. It's not just the, the guys who came in first. It's the guys who are good that are deciding what their value is. And, and that's going to, that's a door that's going to really swing both ways here. Miami could end up losing some really good players who decide I want to go somewhere else. And Miami decides, we don't really think you're worth that. And then vice versa, uh, where, where you mentioned a guy like Kalijah Kansi, who's an elite defensive player from here in South Florida. He's got to decide, well, what are my pro prospects? Am I going to get drafted in the first or second round? Or do I go get paid a million dollars? to play another year of college football. And how does that help me? Those are all decisions that are not easy to make. And the portal just essentially will open. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, we're going to see it both ways. I mean, there's every single one of these kids has agents now that are, you know, calling around to schools and, and, uh, you know, different people involved, you know, what can I get from here? What can I get from here? Uh, you know, just basically shopping these players around, seeing what the best situation for them is. Um, and, you know, it's, it's happening on Miami's end, too. Um, you know, there's there's a couple players that are that have been, you know, pretty good for UM that have, you know, they're, they haven't entered the portal yet, but they're kind of in those discussions with, hey, you know, talking to Miami, you know, we want this much to stay. Can we get this much? Um, and and if Miami says no, you know, they're, they're going to hop in the portal. Um, you know, one of the big names that's that we've that I've heard is, you know, Tyler Van Dyke. There's been reports that he's, he's you know, definitely staying. Um, but from what I've heard, there's still some discussions there regarding, you know, NIL opportunities and stuff like that. Um, Miami is, you know, looking in the portal. There's a lot of top quarterbacks that have entered the portal. I think if, if there's one in there that they like better, that fits their system better, 
Uh, I don't think they would hesitate to pull the trigger on one of them, bring them in and, and tell Van Dyke he can walk. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens over these next couple weeks. But I think, uh, you know, there's been a lot of guys moving into the port over the next two, over the last two days. And I don't expect that to, to stop over the next uh, maybe week or two before it maybe slows down a little bit. Yeah. Miami's got basically three scholarship uh, quarterbacks uh, right now because Peyton Matoka is expected to go. I know from from talking to Tyler's reps for the past month leading up to the end of the season, him dealing with all of the uh, injuries that he dealt with, with his shoulder and so forth, that if given the chance, given the opportunity, he wants to come back to Miami and be the quarterback here. I think I think the whole point is he you know, he's an NFL guy. Uh, I think he wants to have some good players around him. He wants to make sure he's going to be protected. He's not going to be taking big hits. He wants to make sure Miami goes out and gets some good offensive linemen. He wants to make sure that he's got some receivers to throw the football to. Um, but these are all decisions now that people have to think about when it comes to college football. It has become essentially free agency. And I can't blame Tyler for wanting to go to the best situation. If he wants to play in the NFL, you know, he wants assurances that that the uh, that the players around him are going to be good and can help him get there. And so um, in the event that Tyler were to leave um, because of whatever the situation ends up being, who do you think is Miami's starting quarterback? Because I'm I'm of the belief that he will be that Miami will essentially fix these problems. There will be a receive, you know, some receivers coming in. There will be some offensive linemen. And we'll talk about those guys in a second. But in the event, Tyler Van Dyke is not here. Who is Miami's starting quarterback in 2023 in your mind? That's tough. Um, if, if he were to leave, um, I honestly don't think it would be Jake Garcia. I think they would go uh, to the portal. I know um, Michael Pratt's been a hot name in the well, I don't think he's officially entered the portal, but he's been a hot name around college football. Um, the Tulane quarterback, he's put up really big numbers. He's from down here, um, from Boca. Um, I think he's he'd be someone they'd be interested in bringing in if he were to enter the portal. And then... Um, Obviously, Drake May's name has been, you know, all over the media. Is he going to enter the portal? Um, it sounds like he is. I don't blame him. Um, UNC, from what I've heard, just isn't doing a whole lot on the NIL front, um, which is kind of surprising me. I think that's why you've seen a lot of their top players go to the portal. Um, and you've seen Mac Brown kind of complain about, you know, what, what's been going on, um, just because it doesn't seem like they're really competing on on that side of things. Um if Drake May does go to, into the portal, um, I've heard Miami would put out a, a very competitive um, NIL offer for him. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, I think those would probably be their their two um, biggest targets if both of them were to hit the portal. Um, another name I've heard thrown around uh, is Jeff Sims as well, the Georgia Tech quarterback um, who's in the portal. So I think uh, if things between Miami and Van Dyke don't get uh, you know smoothed out and, and he does end up leaving, um, I think Michael Pratt, Drake May, and, and Jeff Sims would have to be their their top three targets. I do think, though, all things considered, uh, I I do think Mario Cristobal likes Tyler Van Dyke. He thinks he's a winner, um, and I think he would prefer to have him be his quarterback. But I I was called probably right after Jaden Rashada decommitted from Miami and was told, "Look, we need to get the best players we can to fix this thing." And we love Tyler, but essentially. Uh, if he decides he wants to go someplace else, they will. But uh, again, this is all such a very fluid situation, Andrew, because like you said, right now what's happening is agents are calling schools to find out what is their player's value. What can they get from that particular collective? Now, I will say, and you mentioned how North Carolina, for instance, and Drake May, who I, by the way, I got to know Drake May's high school coach pretty well. I should probably give him a phone call and find out what's happening here. But, um, you know, 
I, I think that what what's essentially happening here is a is a feeling out process that may not even end um, in the forty five day window here. Um, you know, it's going to continue obviously after spring football, and I think that's something fans probably need to get through their head is. Um, depending on who schools lose through recruiting, right? Like right now, everybody has these classes formed, but let's say there's defections, guys who flip on signing day. That's going to create needs at other positions. And if certain guys are not available in the transfer portal, you could see these rosters flipping even, you know, at the end of spring football and that window in the springtime, that 15-day window. So as much as I want fans to to, to feel comfortable um, with what's going on and to understand, hey, this is a fluid situation. I don't think they really grasp what that means. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, especially with, with signing day coming up and, you know, the early signing day period coming up in about two weeks. Uh, I think once that goes by, you could see kind of like a whole new wave of, of the portal, you know, starting up again um, between schools looking for to fill needs on, you know, kids that they may have missed out on or, or you know, kids leaving because they see that there's, you you know, a four or five star coming in their position that's likely going to move right over them. Um, so it, it's definitely going to going to continue on. And like you said, even after spring football, that window opens up again for another 15 days. And uh, and that's going to be a lot of movement as well from kids that have seen their spot get lost in spring or just aren't happy with the way spring's going. Um, teams looking for for spots after, uh, you know, to fill spots after spring that they see some weaknesses at. Um, so it's definitely going to be something that uh, continues to, to move. You're going to see these rosters continue to flip. Do I think there's probably some regulations that come before next year's window? Probably because this is just out of control. Insane. <laughs> yeah, completely. There's just no rules completely out of control. Um, it's it's insane. Um, I think there's probably some some rules and regulations that come in before next year's portal window opens. Um, but yeah, for the meantime, I mean, it's it's kids are going to keep just jumping in, jumping out over over the next few months. All right. Um running back Jalen Knighton decided to put his name into the transfer portal. Jalen, you know, led Miami in rushing two seasons ago uh, in his second year in college last year, uh, this past season dealt with some fumbleitis issues. Um, he and Thad Franklin both leaving, which means Miami's down to three scholarship running backs, Don Chaney jr. Uh, who's been injured for the most part, the last two years. And then Henry Parrish, who led the team in rushing. And then of course, Trevante citizen who had a pretty serious knee injury, uh, at the start of camp. Um, Mark Fletcher is a huge target for Miami, uh, but I, essentially I think it's a Miami-Florida battle here down the stretch. I, I went out to American Heritage, uh, Chaminade, St. Thomas Aquinas. I hit a bunch of schools here in the past two weeks as the uh, playoffs were kind of going on just to talk to guys to get to get a real gauge. I think Miami's doing a much better job recruiting American Heritage than they had before. I heard some stories about a former coach who I won't name, who literally went out there uh, around the time that Brian Burns was there and asked, okay, which one is Brian Burns? So that tells you kind of the way Miami recruited. And you'd think with some of the guys that they've had on staff here that they would have done a better job. But I think they're doing a better job now, at least according to the coaches there at Heritage. Um Let's talk about Mark Fletcher for a second in the running back position. What is Miami doing there? They've only got three. They probably need to get two guys. So they're, they're kind of have the right kind of depth considering the injuries that happened in college football today. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I, I know they, they love Trevante citizen. They think he's going to be a star. Um, same thing with Cheney. Hopefully, you know, if the two of them come back healthy, I think that's a very, very solid uh, one, two punch there um, as, as well as Parrish, who was very productive this year. Um, so they like those three guys, but obviously, as we saw this year, you need a lot more depth and that running back room with, with in college football. 
Um, Mark Fletcher and, and Chris Johnson continue to be their, their top two targets um, when it comes to that running back room. Uh, I think they've done a really good job recruiting Fletcher. Um, they've stayed on him from the start. Uh, even when he was committed to Ohio State, they didn't back off at all. They were continually on him. Um, talked to some people at Miami and in Fletcher's camp. Um, seems like he likes Miami. His dad likes Miami. Um, the biggest hurdle there is, um, honestly, he, he's just not a huge fan of the the lack of atmosphere um, at, at some of the UM games and at some just uh, the le- lack of the kind of like the college town vibe. Um, yeah. he, he's, that's the one thing that has him on the, on the fence. Um, he really does enjoy that, that college atmosphere and everything at UF. Um, and, and that's one of the things that's, that's holding it up. But I think in the end, Miami, Miami wins out there. Um, they've, they've been on him for a long time. I know, like I said, his dad's a big UM fan. Um, they've got him in, in their corner. I think that's someone they end up sealing the deal with, uh, when, when push comes to shove over these next two weeks. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. How about as, as far as the transfer portal is concerned? There's some guys that have entered their name in there. There are some guys who have yet to enter their name in there. A lot of South Florida running backs leave this area and go to college. If you had to tap somebody as a potential target to be maybe that fifth running back or a guy who comes in and adds more depth to this roster, who would it be? Well, let's, I mean, I don't think there's anyone in the portal yet that they've you know really loved at running back. Um, I know they were hoping Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss would, uh, would hop in the portal. Um, Kevin Smith had, had previous relationships with him from being there. Um, he ended up, looks like signing to, to stay, uh, at Ole Miss and then CJ Donaldson at, at West Virginia was another one uh, that I think people were hoping would hop in the portal. Um, he was having a great freshman year before he had kind of a, a freak neck back injury seems to be, um, uh, fine now, but he was looking really good as a freshman also from down here at Gulliver. Um, but, uh, as far as the portal goes, I, I don't think. Uh, unless one of those two were to make a move, I don't think they're they're looking too heavily at running back. Um, I think if they can bring in Chris Johnson and Mark Fletcher, I think they'll, they'll be pretty happy with, with the way the running back room stands. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, with with Johnson. He's being pursued by some SEC schools. Um, and we got to see what happens with the staff, who actually stays on and what, what staff changes. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, receiver is obviously a huge uh, need for Miami. Um, you know, you had Romello Brinson throw his name into the portal yesterday. That's not uh, surprising. I saw Romello complaining about not getting enough playing time in the last game. He wanted to run out on the field and they had to yank him back in. Uh, you know, Keyshawn Smith is another one. Didn't really play down the stretch. He entered his name in the portal. So Miami's down to seven scholarship guys right now. Frank Ladson, Xavier Restrepo, Michael Redding, Bashard Smith. Jacoby George, Colby Young, and Isaiah Horton. And they've got two commitments, Nathaniel Joseph and Robbie Washington. But they have a lot of tentacles out there, including in the transfer portal for a kid named Andrew Armstrong from Texas A&M Commerce, big receiver, 6'5", 200-pound type guy. Seems to me that the priority here is getting somebody who can make plays downfield that has a big body. What are you hearing on the receiver front? Definitely. Like I said earlier, size and speed. That's, that's what they want on this team. Um, Andrew Armstrong's the name that, you know, he was one of the first guys to to put his name in the portal or say he was going in the portal coming from, uh, from Texas A&M Commerce, um, even before the portal officially opened. 
And uh, he's someone that Miami was all over as soon as they they were allowed to be. Um, I've heard good things there, hoping, um, you know, they're trying to, to get him to come down for a visit so they can seal the deal. Um, on top of him, I know um, they really love Dante Thornton. He's another kid, a big 6'5 receiver from Oregon, was a, a highly rated four-star recruit. Um, Mario obviously has, you know, a good relationship with him from uh, recruiting him, bringing him into Oregon. Um, he's someone that that's high on their board. And then uh, Dante Cephas from Kent State, um, he's someone they like, but he's being recruited by everyone. He put up some insane numbers at Kent State last year. Um, so I think that one may be a little bit of a long shot. Um, and then Jojo Earl, the Alabama wide receiver that just recently entered the portal. Um, so I think right now, Andrew Armstrong, Dante Thornton, and uh, and Jojo Earl have got to be their, their top three targets at receiver uh, from the portal. All of those guys are have good size, good speed. Um, give them that deep threat, that guy that can go up and make a play. Um, something that they really haven't had outside of maybe Colby Young last year. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, look, the, I think that's the number one issue, right? If you're going to be a, a team that, that can get, you know, bowl eligible, you need some playmakers on the outside. And it was evident that too many guys were inconsistent. I also think there's been a lot of upheaval in terms of the relationship between the coaches uh, and, and some of the players there uh, did not necessarily going well. I described the scene that I saw with my own eyes during the game with Romello Brinson, him trying to run out on the field and and having to essentially get yanked back on there because he wanted to play so badly. And, and and that's a tough thing to deal with, right? Playing time and roles, et cetera. Um, and that's something tough to juggle with. And we'll see what Mario ultimately does with his staff and how and, and what kind of changes he makes and et cetera. But I, I, that's another position I would not be surprised if there are more guys who enter the portal. No, definitely not. Um, I mean, I think we sit at 14 right now, guys, in the portal. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that number continues to climb closer to 18 or even 20 over the next week or two. Yeah. Uh, tight ends. Uh, Miami seems pretty set there. Uh, Will Mallory is the one guy who left. They've got three commitments. Riley Williams, Jackson Carver, and Reed McKeska, uh, Dominic Mamorelli, Elijah Royal, Khalil Brantley, and Jaleel Skinner are on the roster I don't think there's going to be a lot of upheaval there. Maybe you have one or two guys go, if anything, because they want playing time. But I don't think that's a position of where, where things are disrupted at all. No, it doesn't seem to be a position of concern at all. Um, like you said, they've obviously got a lot of guys on the roster. They're bringing in three more. Um, they really, really like Riley Williams. He's extremely skilled, big, fast, uh, 6'6", 240 coming out of IMG. Um, great pass catcher, great route runner. They really love his game. Um, I think if there were to be any shakeup in that room, like you said, it would just be maybe a guy or two towards the bottom leaving for, uh, you know, for playing time reasons. On the offensive line, um, you know, we've obviously had a, a few guys uh, leave uh, Cleveland Reed, Usman Treor, all guys that were here forever and really didn't play much. DJ Scaife, who was a starter at right tackle and right guard for a long time. And then Justice Oluwashun, who, who unfortunately ran out of eligibility and was injured. He was a guy who was originally in the starting lineup at the start of the season. Um, you know, I, I would expect looking at this list, you've got John Campbell, Ja'Kai Clark, Zion Nelson, Jonathan Dennis, Logan Sagapolu, Jalen Rivers, Chris Washington, Lawrence Seymour, Ryan Rodriguez, Michael McLaughlin, Matthew McCoy, and Inez Cooper. Um, I don't know how many of those guys the coaching staff necessarily wants to hold on to because there's some that they really like, I think, being fair, Andrew, and then there's other ones that they are probably saying, hey, uh, big guy, you, you're not going to play here. Why don't you look somewhere else to go? You, is that another area where you would expect some more changes? Uh, yeah, definitely an area where I would expect some more changes. Um, I think we'll see you guys continue to leave there. Um, obviously, it was uh, one of the weaker positions on the team, and having a coach that uh, was a former offensive lineman, 
having a well-known offensive line coach, like, um, you know, it, it's just something that they want to get fixed right away. And I don't think they were happy at all with that position. And it's definitely a room they want to flip. Um, it's one they're going to hit hard in the portal. Uh, they've, they feel fairly confident from what I've told about um, Javian Cohen, the, the big time offensive lineman from Alabama. Two year starter um, for the Crimson Tide at left guard. Was an incredible player for them. Um, would be a massive addition, would walk in and start right away. Probably one of the best offensive linemen on this team. Um, they've, they've been in communication with him since that, that portal window opened. Um, I've heard they're, you know, definitely wouldn't call it a done deal or anything like that, but they feel pretty confident there. Um, and then also Jeremiah Byers is one that they've, they've reached out to. Um, he left uh, University of Texas, El Paso, had some incredible PFF blocking grades, um, is, is ranked as one of the top offensive linemen in the portal. I know Alonzo Highsmith smoke, spoke with him and, and uh, offered him personally. Um, he's one that they really want. And then also Bram Walden, who was a, a former top 100 uh, recruit, was at Oregon with, uh, with Mario Cristobal. I think he's another person that they're looking to bring in. Um, and then obviously they've got a a very strong recruiting class when it comes to offensive line headlined by by Francis Mauigoa, the number one tackle in the country. Um, honestly, he's someone I think walks in, starts three years, and is in the NFL. Um, and then they're they're trying to close with the the number three tackle in the country, Samson Akinola. Um, seemed like Florida was making a, a big push there. Um, they didn't seem as confident as they did in the past over the last few weeks. Um, but then over the last couple of days, it seems like they've they've really picked up a communication with him and are hoping to to close that one on early signing day as well. So I think there's both in the recruiting class and and in the portal, um, I think they're really gonna flip just that entire offensive line room. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of upheaval in that room for sure. I think Zion Nelson is a guy they probably want to keep around because when he's healthy uh and playing well, uh he can be a starter for you. Uh I think Jalen Rivers is a guy that at times when he's healthy can be a good player for you. But again, uh, it's not a room full of guys that uh, are, are studs and uh, not not definitely not playing the way that Mario wants them to play. Uh, in addition to Maui Goa, Miami's got Antonio Tripp, uh, Connor Liu, Tommy Kinsler, and Frankie Tinelau. Tommy Kinsler is going to be playing in the uh, um, state championship game for Ocala Trinity Catholic this weekend. I'm actually driving up to Tallahassee, uh, later today uh to go watch Shamanon play in the state championship game um and and then the following week here in south florida you'll have uh, a lot of the local teams st thomas aquinas homestead uh miami central plantation american heritage you're gonna have a lot of south florida teams say uh, i mentioned aquinas already you're gonna have all of them playing in state championship games here in fort lauderdale you're also gonna have cormani mclean coming down with lakeland uh to play in that game so if you're if you want to go out and watch some of these guys this is as good a time as ever. I know some of you probably don't want to drive to Tallahassee. I do. I want to. I want to go check out uh, with some of your former uh, guys uh, with the Seven on Seven Express uh, South Florida Express team. Uh, we're doing, um, you know, and, and and how they're going to five star recruits JoJo Trader and uh, Jermaine Smith. So um, we'll we'll see um, how how things sort of pan out um, this weekend. But a lot of talent in South Florida. A lot of talent all over the state. And uh, Mario's trying his best to lock these guys down. Um, we talked a little bit about defensive tackle earlier. We mentioned some of the defensive ends, Jaden Wayne, um, you know, Co Collins, Anchapong, uh, Ruben Bain, um, who plays for Miami Central, is obviously a big target for Miami. He recently announced he's going to make his, his decision on December 16th. I think 
uh, Louisville and Auburn are essentially out here after uh, some of the coaching changes that were made. So it's kind of a Miami-Florida State battle. What are you hearing on Reuben Bain and any other defensive linemen, edge rusher types that they may end up getting? Well, I think Miami feels uh, like they're in a good position with Reuben Bain. Um, I think it always seemed like his top three were Miami, Louisville, and Auburn. And uh, obviously both those other two schools have had some major staff changes going on over the past uh, couple of weeks, which I think really opened the door for Miami to, to go in and, and kind of seal the deal there. Um, I think especially the fact that he's moved up his commitment date, given the recent staff changes, the fact that Louisville doesn't even have a head coach yet. Uh, I think a lot of that, that bodes well for Miami going into that decision in a couple of days. Okay. And any other guys in the transfer portal, as far as edge rushers or guys that they hope, enter the transfer portal that could help him on the defensive line? Um, As far as the portal goes on the edge, um, I know there's been rumors about Pat Payton at FSU. Um, if he were to enter the portal, possibly come back home, um, that, that could be someone they'd be interested in. Also, I've heard um, Eno Eto, the uh, the defensive lineman that's committed to uh, Michigan currently. That's right, someone that like- they've... Uh, exactly, yeah. So when they flipped... Uh, Collins. Andrew Collins. Collins. Mm-hmm. That's someone that uh, I guess him and Collins have become very close. Miami has really started to push there. Uh, it seems like they've, they've made a, pro- a lot of progress. Wouldn't be surprised if, if he's someone that ends up down here in Miami's class as well. We touched on linebacker earlier, um, the addition of uh, Marcellius Pulliam from, from Georgia, uh, the three-star. Um, they've got Raul Aguirre, who's a four-star out of the same state. Bobby Washington, who I personally think is one of the best players in this recruiting class, three-star out of Miami, Palmetto. And then Caleb Spencer, who is kind of a star uh, type guy, you know, in the defense, a guy who could switch between, uh, you know, sort of strong safety DB type. Uh, and then and then the linebacker outside linebacker spot where he's out in coverage. Um, those are the, the guys they kind of have at linebacker. They also are obviously still interested in getting a kid like Stan Quan Clark. Uh, who may end up pushing back his decision now? Uh, another kid out of Miami Central who who had been or is still committed to Louisville, I think. Um, but that's another room that can see major upheaval. Um, I know Avery Huff still hasn't entered his name into the transfer portal. Uh, you've got Keontra Smith, you've got Corey Flagg, Chase Smith, and then of course Wesley Besaint, Wayman Steed, and Caleb Johnson are gone because they're out of eligibility. But um, what are you hearing about the linebacker room? Uh, yeah, so obviously they, they want to bring in a, a big linebacker class. Um, as you just named, we've already got four or five committed. They're still pushing for Stan Quan Clark, uh, especially now that Louisville has lost their head coach. Um, you know, he's someone that, that's been a big target for them even prior to that happening. He fits that 6'2", 6'3", can run. Um, outside of Wesley Besaint, I don't think they really love anyone in that linebacker room. Um, so I don't think they would, you know, you'd be surprised to see, like you said, an Avery Huff leave. Um, I've heard rumors about Keontre Smith pop, uh, possibly hopping in the portal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's a room that you're going to see uh, major changes in. Um, as far as the portal goes, um, obviously Justin Flo, the former Oregon often, uh, sorry, former Oregon linebacker, was a top-rated linebacker coming out of high school a couple years ago. Um, has a great relationship with, with Mario. The two of them were very close um, from everything I've been told. It seems like that's going to turn into a, a Miami USC battle. Um, that could be someone that could walk in immediately and, and make a big difference in this linebacker room just with, with his size and his speed and his athleticism. It's, it's really something they've lacked outside of uh, Besaint. Yeah, and Flo, the one thing I will caution everybody with is, you know, he's dealt with a lot of injuries since he's been in college. And even when he was healthy this year, um, only played in 10 games, didn't play great. It's one of those potentially high risk, high reward. The one thing I would say about Flo that's good is, 
Uh, I think he's been in college now three years. So if you take him, it could be just a one and done type deal where if it works out, awesome. If it doesn't, okay, you took a linebacker and he was only a rotational guy for you. Um, but if he can get healthy and somehow fully recover from from what he's been dealing with, he could potentially be somebody who helps you out quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's it's a very high reward, you know, possibility with him. Um, like I said, he, he was the number one linebacker in the country coming out of out of high school. Um, he's a guy that's got incredible athleticism, incredible size and speed um, at that linebacker position. Just kind of hasn't been able to put it all together on the college level. Been dealing with injuries on and off. Just a lot of stuff going on. Um, but he, he's a guy that you hope if you can bring in and he puts it all together for a year, he's you know definitely has the possibility to be a, a great talent there in the middle for you. At cornerback, um, you know, look, you you have some young guys who were a part of this team that didn't play a whole lot, um, and you've also got some veterans that that are essentially leaving. I guess Tyreek Stevens still has to decide if he's going to the NFL or not. I think he's he's probably going to the NFL to get that money. Um, you have DJ Ivy who's out of eligibility. Uh, Gilbert Frierson, we already mentioned, is somebody who who uh, has left the program. Um, you've got to Corey Couch, Isaiah Dunson. Uh, who who left? He's another one that's gone. But Corey Couch is still around. You got Daryl Porter Jr., Malik Curtis, Chris Graves, Jaden Harris, and Kamari Rogers. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six scholarship guys at the cornerback position, plus Cormani McLean and Robert Stafford. That said, Miami's still pursuing Damari Brown, his brother, who's a starter at UCF, just entered the transfer portal as well. What what do you sort of envision here at the cornerback position? Uh, I think, like you said, Damari's still their top target on the board. Um, they feel pretty good about him. Um, he's, you know, committing on early signing day over the next in the next two weeks as well. Um, feel like they've done a very good job, as you said, recruiting American Heritage. Um, you know, ever since Mario got here, they've really made that school a priority. Um, they've been on him for a while. His dad obviously was a former UM player, um, so I think they feel g- good about getting him on board. And then also, um, along with Cormani McLean, they really like uh, Shadarian Harrison, his uh, his teammate at Lakeland's committed to Pitt. Uh, he had two interceptions this past weekend um, to help send Lakeland to the state championship game. He's someone that I could see them really start to push for, depending upon how certain dominoes fall um, in the rest of the class. Uh, I think if they really push for him, they could flip him from Pitt. And then they're they're still pushing hard to uh, to flip J.C. Jackson from UF. I know the staff really, really likes him a lot. Um, so he, he's someone that they could uh, could continue to push for and, and hopefully flip. Um, those are definitely their, their three top targets going into, into signing day. Uh, as for the portal, um, we'll see. I think there's there's a couple of top ACC DBs that have jumped in the portal. Um, Tony Grimes from from USNC and uh, and Fentral Cypress from from UVA. Uh, I think those have got to be two of the guys that they're they're looking at for sure to try to bring in. Um, I know both of those players have a lot of you know potential suitors, so I don't know if they'll be able to bring them in. Um, but I know they're they're definitely going to push there. Um, but I. I think they seem pretty happy with their recruiting class if they can close with Damari and then hopefully flip either one of JC Daxon or Shadarian Harrison. And, and I would think also there's potentially guys that are on the roster now that you've even gotten here the last couple of years that could be leaving uh, out of that cornerback group as well. That That's sort of another <laughs> area where you may pluck a couple scholarships. For sure. Um, obviously, we, you know, there was the whole issue with Kamari Rogers' dad on on Twitter and going back and forth about playing time and everything with him. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he's someone that ends up jumping in the portal. Uh, Chris Graves hasn't played a whole lot. Um, doesn't seem like there's too big of a connect there with the, the coaching staff and him. Wouldn't be surprised if he's someone that that jumps in there as well. 
Um, I think you could possibly see, you know, one or two guys from that room leave. Like I said, we're at 14 now. I wouldn't be surprised if we get up close to 20. Um, so there's definitely another five, six spots on, on this roster that'll open up over these next couple of weeks. And then at safety, obviously, um, you know, some departures there, Al Blades, Avante Williams, uh, Jalen Harrell. Um, Miami's got Antoine Jackson committed right now. Um, I know Deion Sanders is making some phone calls. Uh, I've had a couple of coaches tell me that Deion has reached out to uh, players on their teams down here. Um, Conrad Hussey is another name. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, he's committed to Penn State, but somebody I think that Miami's flirted with flipping uh, and keeping here. And I think, uh, you know, and, and then the guys that you're bringing back, again, Brian Balaam, Cam Kitchens, James Williams, Markeith Williams. Those are, the, those are the four safeties on the roster. But it is a position where, uh, in addition to Antoine Jackson, you probably want to add a veteran if possible. Yeah, I think it's definitely a position they're looking for in the portal. Um, haven't heard necessarily a specific name, but they think they definitely want to bring in a, in a safety. Um, as for the recruiting class, they really like Antoine Jackson uh, at safety. And then, uh, as you mentioned, Conrad Hussey, I'd be very, very surprised if he sticks with Pitt at this point. Um, from what I've heard, it seems like it's a Miami FSU battle. Uh, when it comes to flipping him, and I feel like mine is in a good position there um, to to land him going into signing day. Yeah, Conrad Hussey, Penn State actually is where he's he's been committed. Oh, I'm sorry. Penn State. Yeah, it's okay. We got we got our uh, Pennsylvania schools <laughs> uh, confused, but it's all good. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Uh, you know, we're two weeks away from from uh, national signing day. Uh, the at least the first three day window, and then guys can push always push decisions back to February. Andrew, I'm going to ask you this from a player perspective. If you're a high school recruit, and I had a lot of conversations with high school coaches about this, it almost feels like if you don't sign in the early signing period and you push it back to February, you could be in danger of getting screwed over and not having any room because they're going to prioritize transfer portal guys, right? Oh, definitely. I think the transfer portals had a, a massive impact on, on high school recruiting. Um, I think you're going to see kids try to get on board earlier with a lot of these schools going forward. I think we even saw this that this year, um, just the, the number of kids that were committing in June, July, August before their senior seasons um, was exponentially higher than it's been in the past. Uh, and I think that's a trend that's going to continue because uh, with the way the portal is working, you know, obviously teams are prioritizing that because we can get a kid that's been proven on the college level for two years or someone coming out of high school that, you know, may need to still develop a year or two. You're going to go ahead and get that kid that can give you that instant impact right away, nine times out of 10. Um, so unless you're a, a very highly rated kid, you know, a high four or five star, um, I think you definitely want to be signing in that early signing period, because if not, teams aren't going to wait for you. They're going to go fill your spot with someone in the portal that they uh, can know they can lock in and, and have set to go uh, for that season. Yeah. And I think high school coaches are are trying to get their kids to realize that, that, uh, you know, you may be ranked whatever you think you're ranked, right, by the recruiting services. But the reality is uh, if an, if a college player suddenly becomes available on the market, they could come in and take your spot, which makes all of this so tricky. And at some point, you're going to need some regulation here because, Andrew, as we've discussed here on this podcast, uh, it really can become complicated. And I don't think coaches want to deal with this. It's kind of roster upheaval uh, 12 months out of the year. Um, but that's essentially what it's become. It's become NBA free agency. It's like the NBA summertime, uh, but even wilder because there's so many more names on the list um, and and uh, and guys are ultimately looking to team up, put themselves in the best situation to make money and then also win. And it's kind of a, a complicated deal. But uh, thank you for coming on and, and discuss anything else on your mind before we uh, we let you go here, Andrew. Yes. One name that just popped into my head as we were talking about DBs. 
Um, Sam McCall, the former FSU uh, safety, was very highly rated coming out of high school. Um, don't think he was ever happy at FSU from the start. Um, I was he signed very early in the day. I was told if he knew Travis Hunter was making that flip later after him, that he would not have signed with FSU. That was the main one of the main reasons he was going there. Um, so I think that's why we didn't see a lot of him his freshman year. I don't think he really wanted to be there from the start. Um, but he is someone that I think Miami will be very heavily going after him and Cormani McLean were t- teammates at Lake Gibson. They are very, very close. They locked down that secondary together in high school, uh, for multiple years. And I think it's, it's something that he's interested in and in teaming up with Cormani again in Miami. Um, I think that'd be a, a big addition in the, in the secondary for UM. All right. You heard it from Andrew Ferrelli, our insider, uh, part of Team Raw now, uh, seven on seven here in South Florida, um, with Jose Duasso and a bunch of other guys. And I'm looking forward. You got to let me know when these uh, Raw uh, tryouts are happening or workouts or whatever it is, so I can go out there and uh, and see how it comes together. Uh, I'd, I'd like to uh, just be around it and see how how it comes together because you guys seem to have a much deeper vision for for what's going to happen. It's not just yeah, going definitely. out and playing in tournaments. <laughs> no, definitely not. But yeah, January 6th, uh, if you, if you want to come out there, it's, it'll be at uh, Little Haiti Soccer Park. Um, that, that'll be where the, the showcase is. It'll be for that Friday night and Saturday. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a vision to expand it far far more than just uh, you know some tournaments here and there. All right. Well, Andrew, thanks for coming on. Look forward to talking to you here in the weeks ahead as uh, Miami's roster begins to get uh, taken shape. Make sure to follow Andrew. Uh, Want to share your Twitter account? Uh, some some people should have it already. Uh, yeah, it's just Andrew underscore Ferrelli, A-N-D-R-E-W underscore F-E-R-R-E-L-L-I. Uh, tweet uh, some info, some cryptic stuff, and then, uh, you know, <laughs> just uh, a lot of jokes about Florida and FSU always. That's right. We need somebody to do that. I have to be impartial. I'm not allowed <laughs> to uh, join in on all that kind of stuff. But uh, thanks again for coming on. And uh, that's it for this week's uh, Wide Ride podcast. I will be all over the state here, uh, hopefully stopping by IMG Academy as well uh, in the coming days uh, to talk to some Miami recruits. But uh, a lot of action. Make sure you stay uh, tapped into the athletic.com. Max Olson, who is our transfer portal writer, and I have been uh, watching the portal quite a bit. A lot of Miami guys, a lot of Texas A&M guys in there. We will continue to uh, update on our live blog all the changes as they go by. Make sure you follow my uh, tweets. Follow Andrew. Uh, it'll be a very busy time the next month. All right. Thank you so much.